started, since uh, everyone's here, ready, praise God. It's a bit sketchy up in here today. Anyhow, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have to be able to come into your presence with thanksgiving in our hearts. Lord, we thank you today that your spirit is resting mightily upon us, Lord, uh, to do all you desire to do, not only in this place, Lord, but in each heart and in each life. Lord, we're not just believing for ourselves, we're believing for one another, that uh, every one of us will leave out of here with a greater measure, with a greater portion of your anointing being manifested in and through our lives, Lord. And so, Holy Spirit, have your way, take control, speak through us, uh, speak to us, illuminate, uh, cause there to be revelation here in this place. Lord, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory for all that you do in this house. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody that believed it said amen. 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 Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad you all are here this evening. We're uh, always glad to be uh, in the presence of the Lord. You say, are we in the presence of the Lord? Well, the Bible says where two or three are gathered in his name, he's there. Amen. And now here's the thing. To really experience that, uh, we have to exercise our faith in that word. Amen. And so uh, it's not just going to happen automatically just because we showed up. Um, it's going to happen when we believe that that's, you know, that's God's word. And if he said it, I believe it. Amen. Uh, he'll watch over his word to perform it. Too, too many people, they just get, well, you know, let's get together. You know what the Bible says. Yeah, but you know, you got to exercise your faith. You got to believe those things. And um, you see a greater measure of those things manifested then when we put our faith on it. Amen. We know that, uh, we know that we, everything we receive from the Lord, we receive by faith in his word, in his name. Amen. All right. Praise God. Anyhow. Um, last week, uh, someone, someone remind me some of the things we talked about last week. Did anybody take notes? Teddy didn't take any notes. You did. What'd your notes say? It ain't like you heard me seven times since then. Only three. <laughs> yes, sir. Amen. I must have said we needed a sound from heaven then. <laughs> yeah, not from a denomination, not from a pulpit, but from heaven. Praise the Lord. Amen. True. God's word is designed to save our souls. Uh, Sister Rachel was telling me her dad was in uh, North Carolina, or one of the Carolinas. North Carolina preaching, and while he was there ministering, 
the worship team started to worship, and um, as they began to worship, the presence of the Lord swept in there, and they began to sing along with the angels. They began to, they started to hear the angels singing with them as the glory of God filled the place. But he called Rachel, and Rachel's like, I'm feeling it right now, glory to God. <laughs> that was on Sunday, right? That was on Sunday, right? Yeah. And so, Sunday morning. And uh, so the Lord's really doing, the Lord is doing some extraordinary things. Listen, if you've, if you've, never, if you've never been one to believe in the supernatural and to believe in those kinds of manifestations of the Spirit, right now is the time for you to get that faith that you used to have for those things off of the shelf and knock the dust off of it and start working that faith because I believe that's what God wants to do in these last days. Uh, and we're, we're, those days are upon us. I know that many of you didn't make it to, um, many of you didn't make it to Shawnee, which is okay. And, and we didn't live stream it, so you couldn't, you couldn't really go back and, and hear it or go back and, and uh, find out what was said. But um, I'm going to tell you this, Shawnee was dynamite. The Lord really spoke some things to us. And it's all along the same lines that we've been on here concerning the Holy Spirit, concerning the moving of the Spirit, uh, concerning uh, uh, ordering the natural for the supernatural, things of that nature. Uh, I had uh, dinner with um, Rachel and Brandon. And Brandon, you know, he pointed out something that no one else has even noticed. <laughs> Not at all. About what I've been talking about, and one of the things, one of the things he said, you know, Pastor, he said for for months now, there's been one common theme. Even though you've been talking about different things, he said the one common theme that you talk about is unity, and us coming together in the same place, believing God for the same thing. And so when we talk about the gifts and the ministries of the Spirit, now go back there. Let's let's go over and look at the Book of Acts. And I, I really, I'm, honestly, guys. I mean this with all my heart. I really would love to tell you, talk to you about uh, gifts of healing and the working of miracles and all that. But I think these things that we've been talking about, um, how the Holy Spirit ministers to us, to position us, to have these things manifest in our lives, are the things that probably we need to hear the most. Because it's not something that uh, preachers commonly talk about. In fact, I think what we do is we... We just assume that people, number one, we assume people pray. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something. There are people in our church that the only time they pray is when they join me in prayer on Sunday. Let's pray for this service. That's the extent of some people's prayer life. Maybe some of you that are sitting in here, uh, prob probably not so much, you know, maybe one or two of you, maybe three of you or whatever. And uh, some people, the only time they ever open their Bibles is when I say, Open your Bibles with me this morning to, and that's the, that, that's the extent of their Bible reading for the entire week. And so um, it's, it's, it's important for you to, to uh, when I'm up here talking, that you, uh, that you don't grow weary in some of the things that I'm saying. Because I'm really directing what I'm saying toward those folks that are in that place where they're not Bible readers. They're not... They're not, they, they've not yet developed a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. And so let me say that, let, well, let's read, let's read in the book of Acts, and then I'll, I'll tell you something that, uh, 
Hilda had a question about, and then I'll leave an opportunity for questions because I'm, <clears throat> I'm surprised that many of you haven't had any questions, and I'm wondering if the reason you don't have questions is because I've already gone late and you would prefer to not stay any longer so you don't ask. So anyway, Acts chapter 2. <clears throat> I shouldn't have eaten before church. You know, when you eat before church, you feel like you got to clear your throat all the time. It says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind filled the house where they were sitting. So it says, uh, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Amen. They were all with one accord in one place. Now, let me ask you a question. What were they in one accord about? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever, have you ever stopped to think about what? What were they in one accord about? Anyone want to take a shot at it? Amen. So Michael hit it on the head. First, first answer is right. They were there in one accord waiting on the Holy Spirit. Why were they waiting on the Holy Why were Why were there 120 people on this day? Now, they, it started out over 600 people. And Jesus appeared to them, told them to go to Jerusalem and wait. They started out at 600. Over a period of about 50 or 60 days, they grew to 120. And I say they grew to 120 because, you know, uh, I know sometimes we think growth has to do with numerical growth. But sometimes growth has to do with shrinking numerically. Gideon and his army, they grew to what? You remember? To 300, from 3,000 or something to 300. Um, on the day of Pentecost, they went from 600 to 120. And you say, well, how do you grow down? Well, those, those that were in one accord. So they were in one accord. Well, what were they in one accord about? About waiting on the Spirit. Um, why were they waiting on the Spirit? Because Jesus, so the Word of God, the, the Word and the promise of God, provoked 600 people that grew to 120 people to Jerusalem to wait on the promise of the Spirit. Now, now, have you ever thought about that? Because, number one, the Spirit had not fallen on anyone yet. So what they were waiting for was something <clears throat> that they didn't have a picture of in their mind. Jesus didn't bother to expound upon what it would look like. Glory to God. You know, it's still the same today. God tells us, God, God gives us a promise and he tells us something is coming and we don't know what it looks like. And some people, they wonder, well, how will we know when it gets here? Well, how did they know on the day of Pentecost? It was apparent, amen. When the Spirit of God began to move, it became apparent to everyone what be God and what not be God. What be the promise of the Spirit and what is not the promise of the Spirit. We as God's people have to understand that God has a way of revealing himself in the things that he's going to do. Now, here's, here's, here's what some people will do. Some people will go looking around and they'll just, uh, they'll, they'll believe anything is God. They see someone on a YouTube video that appears to be doing something supernatural. Even, even, even with the fact that we read in the Bible that there were lying signs and wonders, that there were those that were false prophets who did supernatural things. Y'all remember the, uh, in the Pharaoh's court when, um, 
when those sorcerers were there and um, and, and uh, they threw down their rods. When Moses threw down his rod and it became a snake, they threw down their rods and their rods became snakes. It seemed, it seemed very similar until Moses' snake ate those snakes. Then it was apparent what was right and what was wrong. And see, that's, that's the kind of thing... That's the kind of thing that we as God's people in these last days have to count on. We have to depend upon that. God, God is going to show himself strong. God is going to show himself uh, to be God by, um, by signs and wonders uh, and miracles following after his word in a, a very persuasive manner. Amen. Glory to God. It starts out as a word. So, so all those people, thank you, Michael, for saying it. All those people were, here she is. <laughs> Miss America. <laughs> when I was a teenager, I'd been like, so you finally decided to come to church, didn't you, Andy? I was I was rough. I was rough. One time she was talking during Sunday school when I was teaching Sunday school. <laughs> I think I think I still had pot in my car. You understand? That's how that's how new I was to Christianity. I still think there was I still think there was a couple roaches in there. But anyway, <laughs> she she was talking to someone. She was taking attendance for Sunday school, and I, I was like, "Do you have something you'd like to share with the rest of us, Marianne?" <laughs> That's when she was like, like that guy. Then she ended up marrying me. Anyhow, so, so notice there's a, the, the scripture, scripture lays out a pattern for how God does things. When the day of Pentecost was fully come. And, you know, some people will say, yeah, but the day of Pentecost had to fully come. I mean, we can talk about that, but that, I think that is the minor thing. Um, but this part is definitely a part we need to pay attention to. They were all with one accord in one place. Say, say that with me again. Say they were all with one accord in one place. And they were all in one accord because they were there believing for the promise of the Spirit. And those that were believing for the promise of the Spirit weren't believing for something that they understood. It wasn't something that they had a picture of. It wasn't something that they had seen before. It wasn't something that they could, you know, uh, that when it happened, they could put a measuring stick up to it and say, well, does it measure up to what, you know, to what we know this to be? It was a new thing. It was something altogether a different that the Lord was doing. Now, again, think about this. These people were Old Testament people. They had, they had a word from God. It was a word about animal sacrifice. And Jesus told them this. Jesus said, I, I'm just trying to paint a picture of how difficult this was for these people. <clears throat> because we have this idea that it was so easy in, in New Testament times for these people to embrace all that was going on. Well, I would have embraced that too. No, you wouldn't have. My God, the, the Spirit of the Lord begins to move in our church, and some of you right away like, <laughs> 
And, and, it, and it don't have to do with it don't look like God. It has to do with who he's doing it in and what you think about them. Girl, I know you. I know that. But come on. Mm-hmm. And then you, then you leave church. You're like, did you see all that? Did you see her trying? You know, you know what I'm saying? And, and so there. <laughs> so we have to we we have to understand that the early church they had <laughs> they had difficulties. They had difficulties as well because number one, they didn't have an example of what the outpouring of the Spirit or what the baptism in the Holy Spirit even looked like, what it, what it, would, what it would even, uh, what, what it would look like. And the second, the, second, the second reason why it was difficult was because these are people that had committed themselves to Old Testament principles and Old Testament thinking. You know, these were people that believed uh, in um, the, the ways of religion, some of them, and tradition. And Jesus, when he came, he came, you know, when, when Jesus came preaching, he came preaching repentance. Isn't that right? When Jesus first came and preached, he was telling people, repent. Because we're Gentiles and because we have a Gentile way of thinking, a, a Gentile is just someone who's not a Jew. Gabe, that's what a Gentile is. Because some people, they didn't know, they, they heard, uh, um, they heard uh, Rachel's daddy talking about Gentiles. There, some, somebody was like, what's a Gentile? You know, a, a Gentile is someone who's not a Jewish person. They're, they're, they're not a Jew. And so Gentiles, uh, God's people were, in the Old Testament, God's people were the Jews. And they had no dealings with anyone else. In fact, God, when he sent Jesus, he sent Jesus for the, uh, to, uh, uh, for the Jews. And it was, it was God's desire to save uh, the Jewish people. And when the Jews rejected him, God turned to the Gentiles, which was a part of the fulfillment of the word of God. Thank God they rejected him because that left a door open for us to be grafted in and to become sons and daughters of God. Amen. But these people that Jesus told to wait in Jerusalem for the outpouring of the Spirit, these people are Old Testament people, Jews uh, that don't believe uh, that Gentiles are to receive the Spirit. They are, they are Jews that believed that Jesus wasn't trying to establish a heavenly kingdom, but he was trying to establish an earthly kingdom. They believed that when Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God coming, he was talking about establishing a kingdom to overthrow the Holy Roman Empire. And that, that, that Jesus would raise up an army uh, of people here on the earth and they would take over and, and, uh, and overthrow uh, Caesar and all of them, and uh, the Jews would rule the roost. So when Jesus, when Jesus came and he started preaching repentance, <clears throat> if he was sent to the Jews and he was preaching repentance to the Jews, now I'm getting, I'm getting in here. I hope this doesn't, I hope this isn't uh, stuff that just makes you want to go to sleep. But anyway, he's preaching repentance and he came preaching to the Jews. So when Jesus is preaching repentance. Because we have a Gentile way of thinking, we think Jesus was saying to, the, to everybody, repent from your you know, adultery, your fornication, your, your, uh, your lying, your cheating, your stealing. You know, uh, repent from all this you know, wickedness uh, that you're doing. And, and, he, and he was, in a way, preaching that kind of repentance. But what Jesus was preaching, preaching repentance from uh, primarily 
was he was telling the Jewish people, you're going to have to repent and turn away from old, the old covenant. In other words, what he was telling them is this. I know you've done this this way for over for thousands of years. But now you have to turn from that to a new way. Now, they had followed that for thousands of years. Some of you all only followed a different way for 10 years, 20 years, 25 years. <clears throat> so this, this wasn't a simple, a simple task. It wasn't something simple. And it wasn't something that they were going to do or be able to accomplish on their own. They were going to have to trust in and rely upon what Jesus told them. And that was, that, why do you think he told them, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray to the Father. And he's going to send you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Because they were going to need it. Because he knew good and well. There's no freaking way you're going to do this on your own. You can't. Amen. And so he told them, repent from the Old Testament and embrace the new. Here's, here's the thing about that, repenting from the Old Testament. So what he's telling them is this, God has led you in another way up until now. But now you've got to give up on the ways of God that you've known to embrace a different way. So he wasn't asking them to repent from something evil. He was telling them to repent from something good. Something God established. Something God ordained. Something God was in for a long, 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 long time. Something that God moved in and poured out his spirit through for many, 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 many years. And Jesus is saying, you've got to repent from this and you've got to embrace something, something that you've never seen. Something you've never seen an example of. So you've got to leave all this that has gotten you this far to embrace something that you don't even know what it looks like. Amen. And you think you got it rough? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy? And you know what? How hard would it be? Some, some of us, some of us uh, we came up in a church. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. We came up, we came up in we came up in churches that were plugged up with religion and plugged up with tradition and that, that's the very thing that's keeping some of us from breaking out and getting over there. You know, there's, there are people that have come to our church. They love our church. But you know what they have a hard time with? When the Holy Ghost breaks out. And you know what? We ain't even really seen a big time breakout. We hadn't yet heard the angels sing an army. Imagine that. Imagine when the angels sing. But see, some people, they're so caught in the rut of religious tradition and in the ways of men. That if someone, if Cherie breaks out in a shout and goes to shouting, you know, I know, I know some people still yet they trip out over Cherie. I've been in services where everybody did a Cherie. Okay. Where everybody screamed and shouted and, and stomped around and danced. And I've been in I've been in churches where there's 50 Teds. I went to this Pentecostal church over in Midwest City. In fact, I took Ted with me. It was a classical, 
Holiness Pentecostal Church. And we went in there, and when we walked in, all the men had long sleeve white shirts on with black slacks, and all the women had long sleeve dresses past their ankles and up onto their chins. And long hair. Most of them had top knots, and some of them just had real long hair. All the men carried a briefcase in, didn't they, Ted? We thought they were all CIA agents. But they walked in, and we, we sat down in the back, and all of the men sat on one side, and all the women sat on the other side. They tur- the lights were turned off, and people, they got in there, and they went, people just knelt down and started praying. Man, man, I would love it if I rolled up in here and every light was turned off in this church and it sounded like a, it sounded like a haunted house up in here. Oh, people praying like them old timers prayed. Oh, God. Some of you ain't never heard nobody pray that way. We went in there and that's how they were praying. Oh, After about a half hour, 45 minutes of praying, the keyboard player got up and he said, we're starting a little bit late today because we got out out of church late this afternoon. They're supposed to start at 6. They started at 6.45. They got out of church at (laughs) 4. From 10 o'clock. So he starts singing an old song that they, they used to, we used to sing at the Mennonite church. I love you, but they were singing in English. I love you, I love you. You're the rose of Sharon for me. And I was used to think that was such a whiny song. And I thought, my God. I almost looked at Ted and said, Ted, let's go get something to eat. Let's squeat. (laughs) Let's squeat. Let's squeat. (laughs) That's that's tongues for let's go eat. Let's squeat. Let's squeat. So if, so if you hear someone give a tongue, let's squeak, let's squeak, let's squeak, let's squeak. <laughs> anyway, anyway. But, but all of a sudden, Gabe, he hit a gospel riff. He said, are y'all ready to praise the Lord? Listen, man. All of a sudden, every, I'm, I'm talking about every. Amen. Say, say this with me. Say, they were all with one accord in one place. Amen. Say, say it. They were all with one accord in one place. Now we established they were in one accord. Why? Because Jesus said, amen. They were there for the Spirit. And the reason why they believed that being there was right was because Jesus said, Hang out in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Now, let me tell you something. I guarantee that not all of them. How many of you have ever read the Gospels? Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. All of you? How many of you realize that all four of those fellas traveled with the same Jesus? How many of you have read those books enough and studied them enough that you realize that they all tell a story about the same man in a different way. Because although they followed after the same man, their perspective was different. They told some stories a little bit different. Some of them was like, he loved me the most. (laughs) 
than the disciple that Jesus loved. Come on, somebody. Amen. Oh, listen, I, I know I'm meddling. It's like I'm preaching. <laughs> I, I should just stand up, you know. <laughs> Come on now. You, you, every one of them tells it from a different perspective. But we know this. It was the same Jesus. It was the same. I reckon some of them probably, when they, when they talked about what he said, some of them said, well, I didn't hear him say that. What I heard him say, well, come on now, it happens here in this church. I've gotten phone calls. I've gotten phone calls from, Mar from Marissa and, uh, and Andrew and Anna and all of them be up at the, you know, in the same room. Pastor, we have a question for you. Can you help us settle something? We were talking about something you said. Did you say? And you know what? Every one of them, every one of them had a perspective on it. Every one of them, and every one of them heard what I said. But every one of them heard it from wherever it was that they were at in the moment that they heard it. Not only that, these people, so, so you can be in one accord Listen, here's what I'm trying to get to. You can be in one accord and have differences of opinion on what you think you heard Amen. and how you think you heard it. Because oh, yeah. contrary to popular belief, there are essentials and there are non-essentials. There are things that we've got to that we've got to uh, uh, that we've got that have got to be the foundation of our lives. Things that we plan ourselves upon, these things are essential. Uh, water baptism, repentance, sanctification, baptism in the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> the atonement, divine healing, gifts of the Spirit. Come on now, these, these things, these things are essential. Non-essentials, angels. Pre-trib, post-trib, mid-trib. <laughs> well, what would you say, Don? <laughs> pan-trib. It'll all pan out in the end, he said. <laughs> how, to, how to do deliverance. Although we probably need to straighten some of that out. But it's not essential because we're the spirit of the Come on now. Come on. I, I just saw a post by somebody on Facebook. I think it was Facebook, either Facebook or Instagram. It was either a meme or someone's post, but it said this. Uh, it, no, it was, a, it, was a, uh, it was a picture of a quote that someone had, had uh, put up on some form of social media. But it said... Um, We've got to understand that salvation and deliverance aren't the same thing. Listen to me. If I was you, you know, you can believe that way. But if I was you, I would just take it all. Because here, when, the, when the Spirit of the Lord comes, there ought to be deliverance. Okay. Amen. Now, you know what? If you say this, well, I, I can be saved, but I can keep some stuff. No, I didn't keep nothing. 
Now, you can. Don't get me wrong. Oh, come on, y'all. Well, glory to God. Maybe one of y'all posted. That's why you're getting quiet on me. But anyway, uh, it's, it's just we got to. But you know what that is? That's really, that's really not, that's not essential. But it will, it will have a bearing on how, on, on your experience with God at salvation. <clears throat> In other words, if you hang out with people that believe that after you get saved, you're going to need deliverance, then guess what? You're probably not going to get the complete work when you get born again. But if you hang out with people that say, once you get born again, old things pass away, all things become new, God's Spirit comes to live on the inside of you, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, uh, you're no longer under the curse. Okay. <clears throat> Amen. All of a sudden, you're seeing things from that perspective, and so you have an expectation that every that there's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Amen. Praise the Lord. So there are essentials and non-essentials. So, <clears throat> glory to God. Is, it, is this helping anybody here yet? I'm, I'm, tr I'm trying to be thorough because I want us, I know that some of you know these things, but I want us, it's, it's important that we here at Winter's Church, look, look at me, y'all. <clears throat> we, we have folks We have, yeah. We have folks here, for example, Rachel and Brandon. They get exposed to Dr. Bally's ministry regularly. Okay. No, that's her daddy. She'd be hearing him preach. Okay. I bet she gets excited when he begins to expound on the word. Okay. I bet she's like, ooh. Amen. And there, there's going to be, there, there'll be some that we have come through here like Pastor uh, Harris. And we're going to be like, ooh, Pastor Harris, that was good. Apostle O. Michael Smith, ooh. We're going to take our shoe off and throw our shoe at him, you know. Amen. But, but some of us aren't experiencing the fullness of the glory of God that he wants to release in this house because... We're on the same page, and we understand what it is that we believe around here. We understand what it is that God... <clears throat> you say, well, what is that based on? Well, a lot of it is based on how, what he did in me. You know, there's a reason why God brought you to... Amen. You have something you want to share? No. <laughs> you, uh, um, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a reason, there's a reason why you have found yourself at Winner's Church. You know what? Because there's a, amen, there's a flavor. There's a, there's a marinade. There's a fragrance. There's a, uh, there is a residue. There's, there is something here that, there's something here that's unique. And, and again, there's something across the street that's unique. There's something down the road that's unique. But God didn't take you down the road. And a part of the thing that is unique about Winner's Church is the, it, it always has been and it always will be the ministry of the Spirit. 
we're not, and I'm not talking about the ministry of the Spirit where we all just get together and wave our hand a little bit and wave a little flag, you know, and we just, ooh, ooh. no, I'm, I'm talking about one of those demonstrative, spectacular, bombastic moves of the Spirit of God. And not, you know, not, not, not anything flaky, but something that, that is persuasive, something that's like what happened on the day of Pentecost, that when you look at it, uh, you don't have to try to decipher whether it be God or not be God. Right. You, you know what I'd love for you all to do from now on is, is when, you, when you're watching something, the minute you start to wonder whether it be the Lord or not, turn it. Don't, don't sit there and be like, well, I'm, let, me, let me see this for a while. You know what? Your head is no good at discerning what be God and what not be God. Come on, y'all. You know where I, I would have ended up if I'd have followed my head in the Catholic church? Thank God my, mother's, my grandmother's cane kept me out of the Catholic church. Amen. She wouldn't even let me go. She's like, you need to go to church. I was like, I'm going to church. I'm going to go to the Catholic church. She said, you ain't going to no Catholic church. I, I told her, I said, you said you wanted me to go to church. She said, that ain't no church. I said, how? And I'm, I'm, a, I'm lost. I'm a demon-possessed, drug-addicted alcoholic. And I'm looking at her, how dare you decide to, you know. Here's the thing. There's some things that we know, some things that are essential. There's a reason why we don't have a rosary and pray a prayer for every, for every bead. that we, Are you all hearing me today? We're not praying to a little statue of Mary. We're not wearing saints around our necks. There's a reason why we don't have a crucifix up in here. You know why? Because he ain't on the cross. He came off the cross. They put him in a tomb, and he rose from the dead. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. But it was the word of God. It was the word of the Lord to them. It was the word of God that they heard. You know what? When you get in here, I told, I told Rachel, I said, Rachel, um, Um, I told I told Rachel when she started when she joined the worship team. Um, I just want to make sure that when she joined the worship team, I said, Rachel, it's one thing to come into church, come amongst the saints, praise the Lord with everybody. You know, you're in the pew. <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> When he goes to the left, we go to the left. When he goes to the right, then we go to the right. You got it. It's a whole nother story. Well, you got to show up an hour early, and then you have to interact. You got you to interact. You got to interact with black people, white people. Hispanic, I mean, you got the hodgepodge on the worship team. 
I mean, it's like the great American melting pot on our worship team. You got every kind of pro. You got. <laughs> when Miss when Miss Ron and Carolyn was on that team, oh my God. Jasmine was on that team for a while. And you had Andrew on that. What a mix. So when, when Rachel said, I just feel like I need to be on the worship team. She said, what, what is it? I hope you don't mind me telling you. What is the requirement? I said, uh, come, come on Tuesday. <laughs> I said, and talk to Eric. I said, can you sing? She said, well, yeah, I've been in worship my whole life. That's all I've done. And I, but I didn't, want to, I didn't want to come, and I didn't want to, you know, just I'm the new person. And I'm like, look, over here, you got to push. Because if, if you don't squeeze up in here, ain't Listen, we got people, we got people that'll be like, no. <laughs> just, 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 because, just because they want to sing, you know, no, one more singer, that means I'm probably not going to get to sing. <laughs> Don't you feel called to something else, Rachel? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't you feel called to something else? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I said, but here's, here's what I want to tell you. And I could, I could see the look on her face when I said it. And I've said it, I've said it about at certain times here with, with everybody. But I said, you know, give it some time because some of you going to, is it good? Some of you going to get to know. <laughs> some of you going to get to know the people around you. And when you get to know the people around you, guess what? You're going to find out they're different. Some people got, some people got, they're having problems with their children. Big problems. Some people having marital problems. Some of them having physical problems. Some of them have emotional problems. Some of them got anger problems, right? Amen. Some of them got anger problems. Some of them, they'll go off on you. Listen, you won't even know what hits you. You won't even, you'll just say something and all of a sudden, kaboom. You'll be like, man, I stepped on a landmine. <laughs> then pretty soon you're reeling it, but wait a minute. Then, you, then you're reeling it back in. Oh, no, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> well, you misunderstood me. Then you're like, maybe the Lord didn't call me to me. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Because you know what? We didn't all come up the same. Are y'all listening to me? See, the Holy, the Holy Ghost, he works with anyone from any background, from any culture, from any economic background. Y'all hearing me? He, he takes smart people. He takes dumb people. He takes fat people. He takes skinny people. He takes pretty people. He takes ugly people. He takes white people, black people. Red people like Ted. <laughs> it's like, I'm Cherokee. <laughs> I mean, it's. A <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was telling, I was telling somebody, someone native, I said, you notice how all people that are real white, they all Cherokee? Oh, yeah. None of them. None of them. <laughs> Oh look, Andrew! Andrew. <laughs> Andrew's like, I ain't saying, I ain't saying it, but I am a little bit Cherokee. <laughs> I 
okay, hey, look, come on, jump in. You, no, no, she, <laughs> he was like, no, I, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Think, think about all the, all the influences that have been in your life, you know, culturally, economic. You know, you, you think different when you grew up with nothing. When you, grew, when you grow up in poverty, you think different. When you grow up black or Hispanic. Come on now. Listen, some, some, and we, we talked about this during the time when all that racial, you know, uh, uh, tension was, was going on and people were talking about racial inequality and, and I mean all these things are right but when 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 you some when you're when you're a black mother a black father and you got to and you got to tell your kids hey listen you know Monte when he goes to driving listen just pull over fast put your hands on the dash don't don't give nobody no lip. You know what? Not everybody has those kind. Not every not everybody has those kinds of conversations. Not every culture has to have those kind of conversations with their kids. Telling them don't wear black hoodies. Don't don't be looking like a thug. No, you got white kids looking like thugs. It's just style. They're dressing, they're dressing, they got baggy pants too. Hoodies. But it's it's different. It's different. Native Amer I know Native Americans is different. When I was over in Lawton, we was driving. We was in a, I was in the van with the pastor, his wife. She's full Kiowa. I mean, she's full Kiowa. I'd never met someone full anything. She's full Kiowa. <laughs> She wasn't just a little Kiowa. She's full-blown, full-blooded Kiowa Indian. And woo, you know, we had the police behind us. And I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, oh, we, I said, Pastor Ray, you get pulled over. I said, was you, was you speeding? Sister Rochelle, this is close to Lawton. Sister Rochelle in the back, she said, nah, they think there's a bunch of drunk Indians in this van. I was like, for real? She's like, man, we pull over all the time. I said, well, we'll just tell them we're drunk in the Holy Ghost. She said, you don't have to worry about it. My son's on the police force. I just, I just drop his name here. <laughs> they rolled up. They saw who it was, and they were right away. They're like, oh, hey, you know. But had it been different, you know, it's a different story. You native, they pulling you out. You're getting a sobriety test. You you blowing in a tube. Come on, somebody. Now I know. So see, some of y'all like, well, what's that have to do with anything? Well, see, we don't think some of you, some of y'all have been in this church a long time, and some of y'all still think you can't get in one accord. For for because of all those things. But see, they weren't in one accord about culture. They weren't in one accord about uh uh, academics, they weren't in one accord about social, economic. That's not what they were in one accord about. They were in one accord about what Jesus said. And Jesus was talking about something that was essential. Wait in Jerusalem until you are 
filled. You know what? When God sent you to Winner's Church, he didn't say, I'm sending you to Winner's Church so you can feel better. <laughs> You're going to have so many friends. Ooh, get ready. Because I'm sending you to... Some of y'all was picturing shoots and ladders and lollipops and rainbows and, and, and all this stuff. And you, you had no idea that why he sent you here is because you needed what God was going to be pouring out right now. We've, we've been here 10 years, and you know why we're here? We're here for the same reason 10 years later as we were the first year. We didn't come here to make friends and influence people. Although when we got here and we didn't know nobody and we didn't know the junk that was in their life, we were more than happy to be their friends. It wasn't until, <laughs> it wasn't until that we saw they had problems too. That's, I, told, I told Rachel, go on the worst. I said, Rachel, here's, here's, here's what I have to tell you. Just get ready. I, I, said because, I said, because I said, you have seen everybody from the, from the chair. I said, but you ain't seen everybody. And I said, you're about to find out. I'm going I'm to I'm let you in on this. I never believed Winner's Church would be different in, in this way, that we would come together and not have the problems that, the same problems that other churches have. That would have been unrealistic. That would have been stupid for me to believe that people that came to our church wouldn't have the same issues and the same problems that were in every other church. Guess what? In every other church, there are men and women that are, that are married, that are struggling in their, in their marriage relationship. You know why? Because they've been forced to spend more time with one another since 2020 than they've had to spend with each other ever before. It's true. It's true. You got people working from the house. I'm going I'm I'm to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. There was some things that we had to, when, when Annie's like, I'm going to work from home. I was like, hey, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then one day I went into my office. Come on, tell it, Gabe. You got to help me out here. You know, Gabe, Gabe is home from school, and, I, and he's like, Dad, we got to do, we got to do something. We got to, I'm bored. So we bought one of those, um, uh, not an Oculus, it was a, uh, what is it called? No, uh-uh. Val the Valve Index. Yeah, vir virtual reality. Headset. I mean, the, we, and we, we didn't, y'all know something about your pastor. I don't go cheap. I go, if I'm going to do something, I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm getting the best. That's why I don't golf. If I golf, listen, I'll be having silk pants. You understand what I'm saying? I'll be looking like I stepped off of one of them. You know, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, forget it. Forget it. One club be, you know, $2,000. No, I'm not going to do that. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, so Ted, so Ted, not Ted, Gabe, Gabe. Dad, let's let's do something. We, I'm bored. Let's do it. Uh, he he convinced me to buy it, so we bought it. Man, nice, nice, very cool. We set it up. I mean, we're in there, and Annie's like, I I work from home. Awesome. That was that was awesome. You know, my have, have you all got to see my office over here? You've seen it, right? 
comic stuff. I have all this comic book memorabilia, pictures, expensive, nice stuff. You go in my office, look like Bruce Wayne's office. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, I was trying, too. I was trying. I walk in there one day, and there is piles of girl stuff up in my office. Sticky notes. I'm like, I, I, I have sticky notes in my office. I just never use them. It's too cluttery for me. Her whole desk looked like a wall of stuff, like she decorated with sticky notes. I'm going to take a picture. I'm going to take a picture and post it after church today. Uh, y'all, don't, y- y'all can't even picture it right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> First day, listen, first day I rolled up in my, my, that, that office is, that has been my, she had no influence in the decoration of that office. She had no influence in the furnishing of that office. She had no influence in the equipment that was in that office. She had, that, that was my office. There wasn't no dogs in that office. There wasn't no Gabe in that office. Ever since he's been in there, I find popcorn kernels. (sighs) Computer get hot, a piece of popcorn pop in the the case. How'd that get in the case? My office. But but now, listen, then all of a sudden, one day she's in there. She says, what are you doing in my office? Wait a minute. This is my office. She said, not anymore. I've spent more time in here in the last several months than you spent in here the whole time we've lived in this house. Well, you know what? We had a good, we had, we, we had a good thing going on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, now, see, some, some people are like, is that really an issue of contention? Listen, if, you've nev- if you have never owned a space for a long period of time, and then someone come in and invade that, and someone that is smaller than you, weaker than you, smell better than you, <laughs> so yeah, you know what, there are people in church that, that, are, that are struggling to work out how their relation, listen, here's the deal. Don't freak out. Don't freak out and think your marriage is going to hell. You're going to make it. Amen. Turn to someone. Tell them you're going to make it. You're going to make it. You're going to adjust. You're going to adjust. Give us some time. I, I adjusted. I, adju- I adjusted. I had to move out and bring it all over to the church. I adjusted. <laughs> I gave her her she space. <laughs> it was there was there was too much estrogen up in there anyhow. Is that what it is, estrogen? What is, is that where they go? Yeah, I walked into what was that place called in Dallas? The first place. Huh? No, no, no. Sam Moon. You want to listen. 
You want to talk about a place filled with women's hormones. I walked in there, almost grew breasts. You understand what I'm saying? I was, I'm telling you right now. I was like, boy, I got to get out of here. My voice, my voice went up in pitch. The, the pitch of my I was the eye when I, I would talk loud. I'm like, I get out of here. <laughs> I, I, told, I told Annie, I said, this is messing with my hormones. I got to get out of here. <laughs> but anyhow, let's get back on it. <laughs> So y'all, y'all get the y'all get the picture. And here's here's what I here's what I want to address. Because when once we start confronting the differences that we see in one another, and we start recognizing the differences, and we and then we start facing things. You know what? Some of y'all some of y'all feel like people are being um, racist, or you know. I, and I believe me. Don't 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 look at me. And be like, well, Pastor, how you are just. No, listen, I hear it too. I hear people make comments. I hear people say stuff, and it, I get taken back because, because of what I have faced oh, yeah. in my life over the years. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Karen. Karen. Yeah. Somebody about to get called out right now. Man, we got we got all kind of people. Let me let me say this to y'all, and I, I hope I hope everybody in our church will listen to this. What happens in most churches is that people begin to erect walls and begin to build up defenses against their brothers and against their sisters, people that God called them into battle with. And, I, and I'm going to tell you something: once you go to erecting walls. Against those that God has called you into battle with, you're never going to trust that them people have your back when you're in the midst of the fight. When the bullets start flying, guess what? You're going to be just like you were before you came to church, on your own. And you're going to think you're better off on your own. And guess what? You're not. That's what brought, that's what brought you to church to begin with. You was killed. Like they say on, what is it, forged in fire, you was killed. <laughs> you didn't make it. But we have to remember why we're here. Why are you here? Well, you know what? I know why I'm here, and I know why you're here too. We're here because God said he was going to do something to mobilize people in this house, to anoint them, to empower them with gifts and with the grace that comes with that gift to fulfill the purpose for which God called them. Amen. That's what he said. That's why we came, that we were going to discover our grace and our gifting and that we were going to function in the fullness of that gift and that grace. You know what? If that's what he said, that's what he meant. And so you know where we get in one accord at? Right there. Right there. That's where we get in one accord. So what does that look like? What does that, what does that mean to... Abound in that grace. Well, you know, if God sent you to serve under and to, uh, to sit under the teaching of and the ministry and the anointing of someone who from the time that they got born again 
the first thing they did was lean into the Spirit and be led by the Spirit. Three days after they got born again, they're preaching the gospel, preaching the good news. A year after, uh, three months after they got born again, casting out devils. Four months after they got born again, ministering healing to sick people in hospitals and at school and everywhere else. A year after they get born again, going full-time in the ministry. Full-time in the ministry, a year after they got born again. Healing ministry, laying hands on the sick, blind eyes opening, deaf ears unstopping. People getting off of crutches and off of wheelchairs. Uh, deformities being healed in people's bodies. Fillings going in people's teeth uh, supernaturally by the power of the Spirit. God ministering through your pastor, not only to Pentecostal people, but to Mennonites, Nazarenes, Lutherans, Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterians, Pentecostals, Assembly of God, Charismatics. Every stream you can imagine. Every stream you can imagine. And, and when, when, when your pastor went and ministered to those people, guess how they responded? They all responded the same way. Guess how I preached? I preached to every one of them the exact same way I preached to y'all. They didn't reject me because I was a, because I was because I sounded Pentecostal. They didn't, amen. Amen. One of the first, one of the first preachings I did was at First Southern Baptist Church in Dell City. At, the, at that time, I think they were a church of 7,000. I preached to their Sunday school. I preached to the kids in their Sunday school. And the Sunday school kids that I preached to were ages 12 uh, to, to 21. And there were 350 of them. They asked me, don't talk about tongues. Don't talk about Holy Ghost baptism. I didn't care. I, if I talked about the Holy Ghost, I figured if I just talk about the Spirit, you know, you talk about the Spirit, amen. It's, it's like saying, hey, you can talk about your pastor, just don't talk about his baldness. Well, you listen, I show up, you're going to get the baldness and everything. Right. It don't matter if you talk about it or not. If I show up, I show up bald. It's just the way, unless Carolyn gets a hold of me beforehand. <laughs> Lose some some of them dreads on my head. Uh, so I get I get I get over there, and here here I am preach here I am going to preach, and they got oh you football players, all these people that are somebody, and then they got me, and they got them being the first. Y'all remember how? Did anybody all y'all come out the Baptist church? You know, big when you when you in the Baptist church, that's how they do stuff. They bring in, you know, uh, Earl Campbell or you know some some you know somebody that did something. Earl Campbell in Ohio because he was in Ohio State and then he was I think with Houston was he played for Houston there for a while. anyway. Lewis, like I was a little boy, I don't even know no Earl Campbell, but anyway, <clears throat> huh? Does he make hot dogs now? <laughs> 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 he makes hot links. Anyway. <clears throat> so when you're in the Baptist church, they be getting people up in there to attract attention, you know, to get people to come. And then they have me. You know, and I got up and preached, and you know what happened? The Spirit of God fell. Spirit of God fell. In fact, the lady that invited me, I've told you all the story. Her daughter ended up getting filled with the Holy Ghost that afternoon in her bedroom. 
then went out in the living room, dragged her parents into prayer, and they got filled with the Holy Ghost. So signs and wonders and demonstrations of the power of the Spirit. Wind coming. When, when you've ever been seen a ministry, had wind come into the building and circle the place for 45 minutes till everybody got wrecked. When's the last time you, you sat under a minister who went and preached revival and have 20 weeks, 30 weeks, 50 weeks of revival? Well, see, that, that ought to tell you something, church. God didn't call you. God didn't call you to something common. He called you to something supernatural. And guess what? Your differences won't keep you from what God, unless you let them. You, you've got to determine that the differences that you have with one another aren't going to. I know some of you think, why are you preaching this, Pastor Z? Is there trouble in the church? No, there's no trouble in the church. It's just that we've got to come to the place where we understand if we're going to have the Spirit of God. We're gonna, and Brandon was the only one that it clicked with. Brandon was like, what I hear you talking about is one accord, man. You're talking about, and everything you're preaching, you're talking about unity. Unity. Unity not in that we all agree with, you know, I, I, don't, I don't agree with everything. Everything, you know, that everybody is doing or saying, I don't agree with how you was brought up. And I'm not, you may not agree with how someone handled a certain situation. You may not agree with how Ted, you know, handles his household or whatever. You may not agree with how Cherie disciplines her son. But you know what we can't agree on? God brought us here. And he brought us here because he wanted to do something extraordinary. Amen. Supernatural. Something that when something that when the world would look at it, it would be just like it was on the day of Pentecost. Not something that people would scratch their heads and say, I wonder if that's the Lord. But something that people would look at and say, that is undeniably beyond a shadow of a doubt. That is God. It can't be nothing else but God. And get caught up in the flow of it and receive freedom in their lives as a result. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know what? It was tough for them, day of Pentecost, because 500, about 500 of them disappeared. And 120 of them stuck in there. So they, have the, they, must have same, they must have had the same issue that we have in the modern day church. It was hard for them people to get along long enough to see it through to the promise. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. There are people that, that have been a part of this church in the past, and we haven't had a lot of people uh, come in this church and leave after being a part of this church, but we've had a few. Some of them needed to get down the road. In fact, some of them, we packed for them. Yeah, we packed for we We helped them get their luggage together. You know what I'm saying? We're like, man, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. California bust, you know what I'm saying? Um Speaking of California, Latria, you know, I believe Latria was supposed to, she's, a, she's family. She's not here, but she's family. Latria, I'm believing it. Amen. Amen. Yes. Let's believe God. I believe they're supposed to be here. Latria had a transformation. And my God, the Lord did great things for her. And it was awesome. It was awesome. It, it was awesome. 
You know, everybody that's been here, we've seen a transformation in them. In fact, most of them that were supposed to stay, they didn't leave till they started looking at the differences. And some of them, some of them was like, well, you know, <laughs> you know, this is crazy. But, there, you know, there's a time that some people in this church, they was tempted because they're like, well, you know, you notice how Brother Ziggy, he, he prefers the, the Mexicans over everybody else. <laughs> you know, there's some people believe it. You know, I did a DNA, did I tell you my, I didn't do it. My sister did a 20, what is it, the DNA test, 20, what's it called? 20, I was going to say 28 and me, but anyway, maybe because I'm fat, but 23 and me, I know what that means, but my sister, Tyler's mama, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're full brother and sister, so I figure whatever come up on hers come up on mine. Did you know I am more black than I, did I tell you all that? I am more black than I am as bad. I am more African. I was, I was like .043 Puerto Rican. <laughs> it was crazy, man. I'm like, man, I knew it. I could feel it. I knew I could tell. I could tell. I, 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 even when I put my hand up on my, back in the day on my hair. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you look at pictures of my grandparents. They look like black people. They're just, well, they are. Anyhow, but see, there's, there's some, there's some of us will, if we let, if, come on, you hearing me? Tyler, can I testify about you a little bit? You know, Tyler, Tyler went through some things in this church. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. Praise the Lord, just amen. I thought she was going to talk about my salvation. But when you, when you go through difficulties, when you go through struggles, the enemy goes to work in. You know, that, you know what the enemy wants to do? The enemy wants you to forget about the promise. And focus on what you consider to be problems. Here's the thing. If we'll focus on the promise, the problems will go away. How many of you know when that fire fell from heaven, wasn't nobody thinking, who ate that last donut this morning? If she tries to bring a bag of chips to the next potluck, I'm never doing another potluck again. That wasn't what they was thinking about when the fire fell. That's not, that's not what they was thinking about when the fire fell. <laughs> Glory to God. You know, when the fire of God fell, when the promise of God was fulfilled and people began to enter into the glory, none of the things probably that they, had, that they may have felt or the, the uh, inadequacies or the, uh, their self-worth issues. I'll, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I'll, 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 I reckon that even marital problems disappeared instantly. You say, can, but can that happen? Do they really go away? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can get in a place. In the, now, see, some people, some people will tell you, well, that's not, that's not possible. No, listen, I'm telling you, with man, it's impossible, but not with God. 
For with God, all things are possible. Amen. Amen. He'll take it. He'll turn it flat around, and things will never be the same again. See, that, that's why we ought to hunger and thirst for the fulfillment of God's promise in this. But that's why our prayer. See, some of you concentrating on the wrong stuff. Some of you praying for the wrong things. Some of you spend. Some of you are misappropriating your time and your efforts by putting things in the wrong priority. You're putting, you're, you're putting a priority on fixing things that you think have to be fixed before God can do something for you. And what you need is for God to come through this place like with a sound from heaven as of a rushing. I'm going to tell you right now, if we have one meeting where the angels roll up here and sing with us, I'm going to tell you, your life is going to change. I guarantee you, you are not going to go out of here bickering. You're not going to go out of here troubled over, troubled over a conversation that you had with someone. I'm, in fact, I'm going to tell you that right now, anyone you've had a problem with, if you've ever had a problem with anyone in this church, if you've ever held anything against anyone, the minute the Spirit of God begins to roll up in here in the way that I'm talking about, but the both of you will be down on your knees, repenting before God, repenting before one another, and it will, it will, it will definitely be water under the bridge. You know why? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. There's healing in the name of Jesus. There's freedom in the name of Jesus. In the flow of that, of that Holy Ghost power. We've, we've watched it happen. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's a beer commercial. I know this is going to sound like I'm off track, but there's a beer commercial where it was a, I think it was a Bud Light commercial or something, or some Budweiser. I, I think it was a Budweiser commercial. The guys are, these guys are drinking, and they, they're, they're getting drunk. They're like, I love you, man. You remember that one? I love you, man. I think it's a Super Bowl commercial. These guys, I love you, man. When we started seeing people get drunk in the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God being poured out in a more powerful measure, that was one of the things that we saw happen over and over and over. Pastors, <laughs> pastors that had, had difficulty with us, tears streaming down their face, boogers coming out their nose, slobber coming out their mouth. I love you, man. Amen. Well, any questions? Any questions about this? I know I didn't get too far, but I wanted, I wanted to get this. You, you did understand what I'm, what I'm saying here today, didn't you? One, say one accord. They were in one accord, and then the other thing was they were in one place. Not in seven places, not in ten places. They were in one place. Some, some folks, could, they, they just couldn't keep themselves at Winter's Church because they weren't in one place. God brought them here, but they wouldn't stay in one place. You got one place. One accord in one place. It's important. It's important. It doesn't have to, listen, quit looking at me like I, I'm insecure. Y'all know I am not insecure. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell y'all this because I just need for you guys to be here. Listen, I didn't, I didn't come into this with, with, with uh, um, poor self-esteem. I got dragged up in here too. You know what I'm saying? By the Lord Jesus. 
So I don't, I don't need for y'all to validate what I hear the Lord saying. In fact, some of y'all know that because some of y'all have come to me and said, Pastor, is the Lord really saying? I was like, yeah. Well, I don't agree. I, don't, I mean, I hate to hear it, but this is where we're going. Well, can we vote? No, we ain't voting. <laughs> There's no vote around here. <laughs> you know, I, I don't, that, that doesn't make me comfortable. Good. Maybe, maybe that's what you need. Broken out of that place where you feel like that once, you know, you're get, getting pressed too hard to move forward in the things of God, that you can vote yourself out of it. <laughs> can we vote to make it more comfortable? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Amen. But that was the prerequisite. That was, that was one accord. One accord was being in the same place because, number one, they wanted to see the fulfillment of the promise. Number two, they had a promise. Jesus had spoken a word. And all of us have that same word in common in us. And that is that God wants to fulfill the purpose for which uh, he created us. He wants to fulfill that in and through us in this hour. God wants you functioning in your grace and in your gift in full measure. And you're not going to get there unless you get a full measure of the outpouring of God's spirit in your life, and you receive the fullness of the Holy Ghost, just like they did on the day of Pentecost. Amen. 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 What we need comes from heaven. And I can, I can get up here and I can encourage you here in the earth. But you've got to bombard heaven with your prayers. Listen, church, don't, don't, uh, again, you, you can't just sit, you know, and, and twiddle your thumbs. But at the same time, don't get over there and think that through sheer determination or by just what you're doing in the natural, you're going to accomplish these things. These things are spiritual. Now, let me address this before I, because I've already gone the whole time. I know this is hard for you to believe. But <clears throat> Hilda, Hilda had a thought. She said, Pastor, um, we, we went to dinner because she wanted to talk about um, she had listened to the message last week that I that I taught, and I was talking about um, how that our the lives that we lead in the prayer, our prayer lives and our communion with the Lord, our spending spend time with the Lord, that that was going to have to change if we were going to see the kinds of things that we've been asking the Lord to do through us. Now I've heard all of you talk about it, every every last one of you. We've all had conversations about it. Well, maybe maybe with the uh, exception of Melody. But, I, but we have talked, and I've talked enough to her that she's got the same thing in mind. Um, now I've not talked to this sister here because she's just brand new, Couple been here a couple days. But we'll, one day we'll talk, and we'll, she's like, I don't know about that. You've got to freak me out. Anyway, so, but, but, but all the rest of you, all the rest of you, you know, none of you came to me and said, you know, Pastor Zig, the Lord just called me to come here and sit. None of you. You know, all of you, all of you talk about like uh, doing supernatural stuff. Every, every last one of you. Nobody, none of you know. Even though people make cakes in this church, they they didn't even tell me. They, they didn't even say, "Lord's called me to make cakes." None of them. Everyone has talked to me about supernatural giftings. 
supernatural endowments. Gifts of the Spirit. Manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Winning lost people. Getting bound people delivered. Getting church people filled. Sick people healed. Dead people raised. That's the kind of language y'all talk. Nobody said, Lord called me here to watch. Nobody. So Hilda said, Pastor, you said <clears throat> that we couldn't do it in the current condition that we're in. It wouldn't happen. There was something more that we would have to do. She said, what more? She said, tell me what more I have to do. Because she said, uh, I want to know. I, I just need to know. <laughs> I was like, well, Hilda? She said, well, here's the thing for me. She said, if I do more, I'm going to have to start eliminating some things that are on my schedule. So then she goes over her schedule with me. From 5.30 in the morning till this time, I pray. From this time to this time, I study my word. This is where I take Amelia to daycare. This is when I start work. This is when I have a break. During this break, I eat something and I work on church stuff. I mean, she got, she got a schedule. And so I told her, I said, Hilda, here's the thing I'm, I'm going to tell you. And I didn't get to this, but this is what really I wanted to get to tonight. <clears throat> Remind me next week. <laughs> Remind Pastor Andy next week. <laughs> She'll answer your questions. Amen. <laughs> Ask her to talk about what she was talking about whenever she interrupted Sunday school. Anyway. <laughs> but I told Hilda, I said, well, Hilda, Number one, I'm, I'm trying to provoke people that don't pray to pray, that don't study the word to study the word. I said, so you don't really fall into that category. I said, but for those, for those of you that are, some, because some of you are like, what I pray, I do pray, and I do study the word. Here's, here's what I'm telling you. You have, to you have to learn how to tune your ear to lean in the direction that God is telling you to lean in this season. And the direction he might be telling you to lean may not be the direction you've been leaning. You, you know what he might say? Don't, don't take that event. Because there's revival during that event, and I need you in that revival. That's no way to, that's no, that's no way to run a business in the natural. You're right, it's not. But when the Holy, guess what? When the Holy Ghost gets involved, you'll give up that one event. And then, and then after revival, you have to start a new company just to keep up with the events. Pretty soon, you know, pretty soon you're statewide. Pretty soon you're tri-state. Pretty soon you're a southern company. Amen. Yeah. And, and some people, I know, I know some of y'all like, yeah, yeah, because, because most people, because most people never get over there into that place. But when you, when you tuck in, listen, what, I can't go on. 
I, I preach something. I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to say, can I say this one last thing? I'm going to say this what I told people at Shawnee. I'm going to get close. If I stand up, I'll start to preach. So at Shawnee, I talked about, put the, do we have those on? Put a scripture up, be instant in season, out of season. You, you just look at this. Be instant in season, out of season. Put that scripture up there. Ooh, this is I'm about to open something up and I'm not going to be able to quit. Now, you know when I talk about the things we've seen in ministry, that's not because I feel, uh, it's not a brag. Because you know what? None of that stuff was me. Here's the thing. When God works through you, you don't get... Anyone who gets a big head when they're doing the work of God, it's because they think they're doing it. But when, when God uses, when you lay your hands on someone and their deaf ears pop open, it don't make you feel arrogant. It makes you feel like an ant. Because you're like, this, is, this has gotten way out of control. When you're standing in front of someone and their blind eyes pop open and they're standing there and they're thanking you and you're like, this is, God, this is nuts. Because this, this is what, these things have happened to me. I remember that woman I tell you about in Meeker, laid hands on her, took the blindfold off of her. She grabbed my nose and shook my head. She said, I can see you. She came in with a cane. Six inches of red on the end, ticked her way all the way up to the front of that church. All because on Sunday morning I got excited and, and got under the anointing. I was like, bring the hard cases, bring the, bring the sick, bring the blind, bring the dead. I'm surprised someone didn't roll in there with an urn. I'm serious. Can you do something with them? <laughs> <laughs> but <when>, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, <clears throat> that when that woman looked at me and she said, and tears filled her eyes, and she says, "I see you." After everybody was shouting and praising God, the next thing she did was she said, "Thank you." You know how that made me? That didn't make me feel big. I just looked and I thought, my God, lady, if you only knew that right now I feel like things are out of control because I didn't do this. And you know, you know what you think in that moment? What more do you want to do? And how much am I in your way? Because just tell me what to do to get out of your way so I can get out of your way so you can do more of it. That's how you start to feel. You start to feel real small. So anyone who gets up and thumbing at their nose and strutting around like a peacock. They believe that they've done it. They believe they've done it. These alarms are going off everywhere here. Second uh, Timothy, Second Timothy, Second Timothy, chapter 4, verse 2. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. What it says, reprove, rebuke, exhort with, with all long suffering and doctrine. <clears throat> so this scripture says, be instant in season, out of season. 
What this scripture implies is that there's going to be times when you're in season. And there's going to be times when you're out of season. But do you know what this scripture tells us to do? To be ready no matter what season it is. In other, in other words, your performance shouldn't be based on whether you're in season or out of season. God should be able to get the same thing out of you whether you're in season or whether you're out of season. Amen. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You got you to hear this in the Amplified. Ooh. Ooh. Look what it says. Is it up there in the Amplified? Can you put it up there in the Amplified, Joe? Oh, this is this. this. So, listen, some of y'all might want to leave real quick because you may not like it. No, that's, a, that's American standard. We, we want uh, uh, Amplified Classic. Harold and, yeah, that grew a little bit, didn't it? <laughs> that grew a little bit. Harold <laughs> and preach the word. Keep your sense of urgency. Stand by and be at hand and ready. See, that's what I've been talking about these weeks in, in preparation. Like we're talking about the, the Holy Spirit and his gifts. That, that's, that's a big part of the success at having a full manifestation of the Holy Spirit and his gifts in your life. Is to herald and preach the word of God. Keep your sense of urgency. T turn to someone, tell them, keep, be urgent. Listen, I might have to put that... I might have to put that foreigner song on Facebook. Urgent. Yeah, 80s. Stand, stand by. Be at hand and ready. Whether the opportunity seems to be favorable or unfavorable. Whether it's, whether it's convenient or inconvenient. Whether it is welcome or unwelcome. You, as a preacher of the word, are to show people. Oh, you don't want to read this part. <laughs> you, as a preacher of the word, see, look at me, y'all. This is not the model of the modern day New Testament church in the United States of a. You know, I was at, when I was in Lawton preaching. The pastor didn't. He cut the meeting short in Lawton, and you know why he cut the meeting short? He said, "You need to quit telling people what they're doing wrong. People don't want to hear what they're doing wrong. No one wants to hear what they're doing wrong." And you know what? He's right. But it, that's not good. We, we have a church, we have a generation that you can't tell them that they're doing anything wrong. You can't tell, you can't bring correction. You can't say, you know what, that that that, that, that you're watching on that, that uh, Facebook video or on that YouTube video is not right. And here's why it's not right. Can I say something to y'all? Several, several years ago, I mentioned this person fairly, you know, uh, not regularly, but every now and again I would mention through that. And I'm, I'm only doing it today just to, as an example. But I mentioned to you that there was a woman that there were people that were in our church that were following this woman on YouTube. And here's, she had pink hair and she's a, I mean, she had a wild look and I'll tell you her name and I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to condemn, but uh, again, I'm not going to send her an email and try to bring correction to her. I have no influence. 
in her life. It would do no good for me to call her. I'm not going to. Some people are like, well, the Bible says rebuke, reproof. Don't rebuke nobody that, don't know, that has no respect for you. It does absolutely no good. All you do is you become a target of their anger. Don't, did y'all just hear what I said? Don't rebuke people that you don't know. Don't rebuke people that won't take your rebuke. That's not for you to do. If you're going to rebuke someone, find someone that will be open to your rebuke. That doesn't mean that they'll accept it, but they'll at least be open to it. They'll either get with you or they'll, or they'll get away from you. But anyway, this woman's name was Kat Kerr. And she, she says she's a prophet. Now, I, someone sent me a video. Now, if you're a Kat Kerr fan, just rub it when I'm done. Just rub it and blow on it. But Kat Kerr, she's, she's probably a wonderful lady. I, I think she's probably a Christian. I, I mean, I don't know. I, you're probably a Christian too. You understand? I mean, I, I, try, I try not to. <laughs> I assume that she's a believer. I assume that at some point she was baptized in the Holy Ghost. Is she a prophet? Well, you know what? If, if we look at the New Testament and what the Bible says about New Testament prophets, uh, and, I, and I had to make a judgment based on what the Word of God says a prophet is and what the Word of God says uh, ought to be in a prophet's life, I would have to say no, but not because I'm being ugly, but because there's no evidence there. And if you, if you can't see that, you haven't been paying attention. And on top of that, she wouldn't preach the word. She would get off and talk about, I mean, I think she loves her cats so much that she just hopes that they're going to meet her, you know, at the pearly gates or something. I don't know. But she, she's got all this weird doctrine and all this strange teaching that doesn't line up with scripture. Well, you know what? Uh, if you come to me and say, hey, pastor, listen to cat care, I'm going to be like, no. <laughs> I'm not going to listen. Because Kat Kerr, she don't, she, she's out, she outside the boundaries of the word of God. We can't, we can't be filling our minds and our hearts with that. We have to be ready. And see, this is my responsibility. It's, look what it says. Well, it says, you as a preacher of the word are to show people in what way their, their lives are wrong. Not just any people, but the people I have stewardship over. It's okay for you to not like Benny Hinn. It's not okay for you to get on his Facebook Live and tell him. Not until you're doing as much as he's doing and more. And you can validate what you're saying. I'm not going to get on there and tell anything about Benny Hinn. Now, if I found something that was unscriptural and something that I think you all ought to keep away from if y'all were close followers of it. Guess what? I'm going to get up on a sign and say, hey, you know, Benny Hinn said this, and not that I don't like Benny, because if he walked in the room, I'd say, Brother Benny, please come minister healing to the sick. But if he started talking some erroneous doctrine after he got out of the pulpit, I'd say, we'll talk about that on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> I've done it once, I'll do it again. 
<laughs> it says, so, so you, you get what I'm saying. But, you know, if Jasmine, now Jasmine, I hope Jasmine knows. <laughs> I, have no, I have no malice toward Jasmine. I was grateful for the day when she walked through the door. I was looking forward to the journey that we would go on together. There's a couple times I didn't think one of us was going to make it. <laughs> but I held on. We held on. We held on right there. We held on though, didn't we? We held on. Jasmine is one of the most resilient people I have ever met. See, she, she believes that she's had failures in her life or that people don't have confidence. I have more confidence in Jasmine than I do a lot of people because she's here. There's something about someone who has the resilience that even when they get shaken, Jasmine like one of them little sticky hands. You know what I'm talking about, the little sticky it stick to you, and you no matter what, you try to get it off, and it just sticks on another finger. You try to get it off, it just sticks on another finger. And I'm not that I ever tried to get Jasmine off, but every time she tried to get off, she just stuck someplace else. She just stuck someplace, and she stuck to Andrew. <laughs> Amen. Andrew's a happy man. <laughs> She's like, no, it's the other way around. He stuck to me. <laughs> Either way, you'll take it. But there's, there's something about that, resilience. So if I, if I come to Jasmine and I give her a word of correction, I say, hey, Jasmine. I've, I've, I've done that before, and I've seen tears fill around, and it breaks my heart. I feel like a daddy with a kid, with one of my sons, one of my daughters. Yes, and it breaks my heart when I have to bring her. It does. It really does. When I see you all cry and I see you're broken, Man, it breaks my heart. I want to fix it. But I know I've got to, I have, a, I have a responsibility. I have to tell you the truth. I have to tell you the truth. And even if you leave me for a period of time, you know what my, you know what my thought is? Even if you leave me, maybe someday down the road, maybe when I'm dead, maybe when they bury me and I'm gone, and you see the post on Facebook, and you hadn't been with me for 20 years, you say, that man was my pastor. And man, he really, even if it kicks in after I'm dead, then I did my job. But here's what I, here's what I want to tell you about. So it says, it says the rest of it. So real quick. <laughs> well, there's not much. Rebuking, correcting, warning, urging, encouraging. And I've done all those things. We've done all those things with one another. Being, what does that say? Unflagging and in patience and teaching. What is that saying? That's saying have guts. So here's, here's what I want to tell you. And be instant in season, out of season. I'm telling you this so that you'll be ready. We haven't been in season. We haven't been in season. We have a church. 
again, I'm not, try, I'm, I'm not trying to puff you all up. I'm just trying to tell you how it is. We have a church that when people come to minister to us, not only do they affect us, because all we think about is Dr. Bally, Brother, Brother Harris, our, our Brother Aguirre, any, anybody that comes through our church. When they come, we're just like, ooh, whatever. We're pulling, we're pulling. We, we want to ring them plumb out. Every one of them. You know, when Ben left the revival from me and his, he went and he had a healing meeting at his church the next week. He called me up. He said, Brother Ziggy, he said, I am so stirred up. When I went and had revival, he's like, I'm still stirred up from that meeting. He left here and he's telling me, he was telling me how Nakia messed him up. I was like, how did Nakia mess you up? He said, I've watched Nakia nearly the whole, the whole time I've known Nakia. I've never seen such growth in an individual as I see in Nakia. She has stepped into a new place. Nakia, uh, she, she's another resilient. Anyway, we got some resilience around. You know, if that's, if that's what God's helping us to build is resilient people, boy, it's working. Because y'all stick. Y'all stick. But Ben, Ben was transformed. Ethan and Abigail. Ethan came here, and, and he, he's been listening to the recordings uh, that we've been. But Ethan, he, he, when he left here, he left here with a cheap challenge. He was elevated to a higher place because of something that the Lord is doing in us. Now, listen, we, but here's the thing. You're not in season. You know you're not in season. You know you're not in season. And I'll tell you how you know you're not in season. Because when you're in season, you have to work. You have to try. When you're not in season, you got to get up and you got to work the word of God. You've got to confess the word. You've got to believe the word. You've got to trust God. You've got to push. You've got to pull. You've got to shove. You've got to do whatever it takes within your ability to do the word of God. When you get in season, it just works. When I went to Richmond, Indiana and preached in Richmond, Indiana, I got up. And the first service, I got up and preached. I, I got up to preach, and 10 minutes into my preaching, I couldn't preach no more. I got caught up in the spirit, and I began to call people out. And two and a half hours later, 100, 100 people laid out on the floor. I'm like, I think I'm done. And then leave the, leave the service and be like, what happened? You know, when, when I'm out of season in preaching, I need a rest. When you're in season in preaching, you don't, listen, I'm, I'm telling you the truth. You are on a high that you don't come off of. I'm, I'm literally, people like, aren't you tired? I'm like, are you kidding me? We need to have another meeting. <laughs> not only am I not tired, nobody else is tired either. That's how I can tell you all are out of season, you all like this. Ayla was there. Ayla was there three days into the meeting when we're supposed to quit. Pastor Harris is announcing we're going to go on. I said, here, Pastor. I'm standing next to him. I said, here, Pastor Harris. I have to look up to him, you know. I go to give him the microphone. When I go to give him, Pastor Mikey, and Pastor Mikey's standing next to us. You know, like this. Pastor Mikey, me, Pastor Harris. I gave the microphone, Pastor Harris. Pastor says, well, folks, because everybody knew the place is packed. Ayla had just got born again. 
He says, well, folks, we're going to go on. Before he could even get the whole word on out of his mouth, it was like a wave of the presence of God went through that place. The power of God hit me and Pastor Harris both, and we didn't even know what was going we, all we, all we, All we knew was that the power of God hit us, and the next thing we knew, we looked up, and the spotlights from the ceiling are shining in our face. I look over like this, and he's looking over at me, and I was like, what are we doing on the floor? Pastor Mikey is standing over us like, I tried to catch you. I'm like, you'd be be lucky you got out of the way. (laughs) Pastor Mikey, what about to catch us? But for, th- but for three months, for that whole first 22 weeks, every night, I could only, listen, I'm telling you, 10 minutes tops. Th- there was just such a flow of the Spirit. We'd have Wednesday morning service. I mean, there was a flow of the Holy Ghost. You know what? I was in season. I was in season. When you're, when you're in season, you just kick back and you let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost. Amen. And he does what he does, and you watch in awe, and you rejoice, and you see the, 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 uh, the fruit thereof. But then we went to Newcastle. And you know what? So, the Sanders were in Newcastle. How many of y'all were in the Newcastle meetings? Guess what? I wasn't in season in the Newcastle meetings. Joe got born again in that meeting, filled with the Holy Ghost in that meeting. Cherie had the, uh, this is her quote, the greatest encounter with God she's ever had in her life in that new Testament. Guess what? I wasn't in season like was in Richmond. I was out of season. You know what the beauty is of that? Cherie's like, wait a minute, that, that can't be. It can't be that you were out of season. I had the greatest encounter with God I ever had. Well, I didn't have to have in, be in season for you to have the greatest encounter that you ever had with God. But I did have to be preaching the word. I did have to be. Are y'all hearing me today? I had to be persuaded. I had to be instant. Urgent. Man, I almost patted myself on the back on Sunday going to, going to Shawnee because Sheree said that. And I said, see, Sheree, I said, that, I said that's the beauty of it is that you, you couldn't tell the difference. She, she nobody, nobody knew the difference. As far as they was concerned, same kind of meeting. See, that's the way it ought to be, church. But here's, here's what's beautiful. Is that one, one moment when I talk about people getting fillings in their teeth. What, what did I tell you all about that? I went through, I prayed for everybody, nobody got nothing. But in, in a moment, I went from being out of season to. And now in a moment, during a service, in a moment, suddenly, there came a sound from heaven. Suddenly. Are you all hearing me? I mean, in in a moment, we ought to be coming to this church looking for that moment. Being determined that if we got to push and pull and shove and and work our faith, that we're going to do that. But expecting that any moment we're going to enter into our season and we're going to be, we're going to be instant in both. But boy, when we hit our season, 
I mean, one, one, the first part of that whole service when people got nothing. I'm not in season at all. But then that second part, boom. I, I enter into my season, and I'm in a season for eight months where I can't even talk to people without the power of God overtaking them. You want to talk about the gifts and ministries of the Holy Ghost. That's what it's about. That's what we ought to be looking for. Amen. All right, I'm done. Praise the Lord. Did you receive something today? Any, any questions at all? Any questions? We try to make it short. Comments? Concerns? I, I just told Hilda, I told Hilda, if you're praying, lean in. Lean in. Some of you feel an urgency to pray. Pray. Don't, don't twiddle your thumbs. Pray. You know what? If you see other people that have an urgency to pray and you don't have an urgency to pray, let their urgency provoke you to pray. You, you don't even have to be wholehearted about it. You can start out half-hearted and work your way up to wholehearted. But if you do nothing, then you can expect nothing. If I didn't sense an urgency to pray, and I ran, ran up in here and saw these ladies praying, I'm going to tell you right now, I'd get to praying. Okay. There's something afoot. I don't know if y'all have noticed this or not. Now, I'm, I'm finished with this. Y'all notice I'm not getting a whole lot of personal prophecies for people. Did you notice that? Do you remember that I, uh, when I started, I started in the healing ministry. When I was in season in that time in my life, healing ministry. But then that came to an end. Then it was a season of people getting drunk in the spirit. And that went on. And I mean, it was easy. When you're in season, you just show up, wave your hand, and be like, <laughs> oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. uh, During that time, I went to Australia. Literally lifted my hand, 7,000 people fall out. That's the only way you could get out of there. When you get done preaching and have an altar call, they would rush the altar, pin you against the back wall. You had to just start waving your hand. When, you start, when I start waving my hand, people start falling out. Just I made a path. Oh, shanana. People getting drunk in the Holy Ghost. Then when that season was over with, it didn't matter how much I waved my hand. People just looked at me. Then it was only on his demand. Then I started getting a lot of prophecies. And I started calling people out, giving them personal prophecies. I mean, reading their mail like one letter after another. Oh, wait a minute. Here's another letter. Hang on. <laughs> but it's like, but look, look how it is. And so I know somebody, here's, you know what some people said about me when, when, when the sick, when the sick people, when that started to, to, to like wane and we, here's the thing when it's when it's your season it's God doing it okay. and when it starts to wane you can't do nothing about it because you never did nothing it wasn't your doing that brought it it was your yielding that kept it going but your you didn't bring it he brought it okay. so when it went you know what people had the nerve to tell me there's a lady still yet. She's over in uh, Ohio. Every time I see her, she's an old Spanish woman. She says, 
Don't you remember when you used to be anointed? I said, so I'm not anointed anymore because sick aren't being healed like they were in that season of my ministry. But, you know, that's the Lord's doing. I told somebody, I said, I probably should have told her, you must have never been anointed because I've never seen nobody healed through your ministry. Anyway, but I'm not going to get, I'm, I'm, God don't like ugly. So anyway, some people, they, they want to, when that happens, and I was, I was in that place where I was tempted to try to manufacture it because I wanted, I wanted God to move. But he was like, no, you obey me. So we moved to the next level. We saw people get drunk in the way. Now, I didn't like it at first, but after a while, it was kind of cool. You go into some dead, dry church where they've never even been baptized in the Holy Ghost, and in the second meeting, everyone's drunk on the new wine. Can't, they can't get out of church till 3 in the morning, and then you hear reports of people laying out in the parking lot all night long. It's awesome. You, you said was it through all these things. Well, anyway, now, personal prophecy seems to be Mission. You know why? Things are changing. There's only one thing I have not seen fulfilled that was prophesied over me that I saw in vision. There's only one thing I haven't seen come to pass. And I believe we're transitioning over into it. You know what that is? Arms growing out where there are no arms. Legs growing out where there are no legs. Eyeballs popping into sockets. Miracles. Creative miracles. That's the only thing I, you know what? So I have to believe that that's the next step. That that's what God's getting ready to do. Because he has taken me from faith to faith. And from glory to, and I'm, and I know good and well. Listen. I know good and well, I haven't been, I, y'all know, I haven't been lax. I haven't been lazy. I haven't been laying off. I haven't been pulling back. It's not my desire to quit prophesying over people. I prophesied and prophesied all through COVID. Got myself in trouble prophesying through COVID. There's no quit in me, church. It's not that. It's the Holy Ghost. You, you know what? You know what? I, 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 do not, I do not want y'all coming to Winter's Church because miracles break out. I don't want you coming to Winter's Church because miracles break out. I want you coming to Winter's Church because God gave you a word. Because God, because God said, tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Y'all hearing me today? Hey, this, this, we ain't... We ain't doing this so we can have us a little study on the Holy Ghost. We doing this because the Holy Ghost is getting ready to do something we've never seen him do before. There's about to be a fulfillment of promises. Oh, that are going way beyond anything we've ever seen, heard, or known. Amen. Come on, someone lift your hands and thank God right now. Glory. 
Glory. Glory. Well, praise God. Praise God. Praise the name of Jesus. How many of y'all received this today? All right, amen. Glory to God. <laughs> y'all already know I ain't going to be here, Sonny. Do not skip because I'm not going to be here. Do, do not do that. And anyone who is going to like go to Springfield, Ted's going to go, Shree's going to go. That's it. We can't have nobody else go because sometimes everybody goes, we got three people here. We can't do that no more, y'all. We've got to be ready here. This, you know where God's going to do these things? Here. And it's going to go from here to other places. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't going to have to, listen, you all are not going to have to run all over this country to see God do miracles. It's going to happen right here. Not even in this building. It's going to happen in this parking lot. It's going to happen in that parking lot back there. It's going to happen over in that Mardell. Y'all hear me? Mm. Amen. Look, we know where we know where Jasmine's going tonight. It's going to happen at that taco truck right as soon as I get over there. Amen. Praise God. But Lord, listen, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you, come, come with expectancy Sunday. Come with expectation that the Lord's going to pour out of his spirit. And I'm, I'm believing God's going to do something here that's going to make me wish I hadn't missed. Because I'm believing God. I'm believing God. Amen. You believe in him with me? All right. I love you guys. Uh, go in his presence. Do not, uh, do, not, uh, do not let it slip. But go in his presence and expect miracles in Jesus' name. All right. I'll see you all when I get back. Amen.